Good morning. Welcome to worship on this, the seventh Sunday after the Pentecost. Good to have you all with us this morning. And welcome to those who are watching us on, via our live stream. And we pray that uh, we will see you soon here in our worship service with us if you're physically able to do that. Just a couple announcements, a reminder that in nine days, we do have the value them both uh, election coming up at, and ratification of that amendment. Um, I, you know, it's also the primaries, who you vote for the primaries, I don't care. Um, but the value of them both is a way that we as Christians can make our voices known through the processes that our government has established to help save those who are defenseless, the babies that we have in the womb. So I would encourage you to go and vote on Tuesday, August 7th for the value of them both. Secondly, then, um, I usually don't do this, but we've had some people drop out. Um, I am leading a tour to Israel in October. It's October 19 to 28. These prices were established back in September, and there won't be this um, at this price point again. This was before the, our rapid inflation that we had. So if you're interested in that, please see me. Um, we have some openings now that some people have dropped out. And that's all I'm going to say because I really don't like to do that uh, in a worship service, but <laughs> just want to give you the opportunity. Come see me, and I can fill you in with the rest of the information. Okay, today we're continuing on with our sermon series from the book of Jeremiah. So let's begin our worship as we have been during this series. Please stand. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. The Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. Then he said to me, I have put my word in your mouth. I found God's word and I ate it. It became the joy and delight of my heart. This word in my heart is a burning fire shut up in my bones. I cannot hold it in. We must speak of what we have seen and heard, for we are called by your name, O Lord. You are the God of grace and truth.
kneel or sit for confession. God says, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. My heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Merciful Father, forgive the sins that I remember and the sins that I have forgotten. Forgive my many failures in the face of temptation and the times I have been stubborn in the face of correction. Forgive the harsh judgments I have made of others and the leniency I have shown myself. Forgive the lies I have told to others and the truths I have avoided for myself. Forgive the pain I have caused others and the indulgence I have shown myself. God, be merciful to me, a lost and condemned sinner. Believe and receive the gospel. God says, this is the renewed covenant that I will cut after those days. I will put my word within them, and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. These promises are yours, sealed in the blood of Jesus and delivered by the Holy Spirit. We must speak of the things that we have seen and heard. For we are called by your name, O Lord. You are the God of grace and truth. Please stand. Let us pray. Merciful Father, thank you for providing a balm in Gilead for our sin-sick souls through Jesus our Savior. By his wounds we are healed. In his promises we live to live. In his tender and triumphant name we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
The Old Testament reading is taken from Jeremiah chapter 8, beginning at verse 4. You shall say to them, thus says the Lord, when men fall, do they not rise again? If one turns away, does he not return? Why then has this people turned away in perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. I have paid attention and listened but they have not spoken rightly. No man relents of his evil, saying, What have I done? Everyone turned to his own course like a horse plunging headlong into battle. Even the stork in the heaven knows her times, and the turtle dove, swallow, and crane keep the time of their coming. But my people know not the just decrees of the Lord. How can you say, we are wise, and the law of the Lord is with us? But behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. The wise men shall be put to shame. They shall be dismayed and taken. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord, so what wisdom is in them? Therefore, I will give their wives to others and the fields to conquerors, because from the least to the greatest, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. From prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. They did not know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among the fallen. When I punish them, they shall be overthrown, says the Lord. When I would gather them, declares the Lord, there are no grapes on the vine, nor figs on the fig tree. Even the leaves are withered, and what I gave them has passed away from them. Why do we sit still? Gather together, let us go into the fortified cities and perish there. For the Lord our God has doomed us to perish and has given us poisoned water to drink because we have sinned against the Lord. We looked for peace, but no good came. For a time of healing, but behold, terror. The snorting of their horses is heard from Dan. At the sound of the neighing of their stallions, the whole land quakes. They come and devour the land and all that fills it. 
the city and those who dwell in it. For behold, I am sending you among I am sending among you serpents, adders that cannot be charmed, and they shall bite you, declares the Lord. My joy is gone, grief is upon me. My heart is sick within me. Behold, the cry of the daughter of my people from the length and breadth of the land. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their carved images and with their foreign idols? The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the wound of the daughter of my people is my heart wounded. I mourn and dismay has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has the health of the daughter of my people not been restored? This is the word of the Lord. <coughs> the epistle lesson is taken from Revelation chapter 22, beginning at verse 1. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, <coughs> through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their forehead. This is the word of the Lord. At this time, I invite our children to come forward for a children's message. Well, I am so glad you came up to hear me because I have a special message for you today. So Jesus loved to tell stories, and his stories we call parables. So sometimes they're kind of hard to understand, but I will try to help you understand this one. So there was a rich man, and he wanted to go on a trip. He wanted to see the mountains and the sea, so he went a long way on a trip. And he told three of his servants to be sure and watch over his house, take care of his puppy dogs and his animals. So the three servants said they would do it. So to the first servant, the master gave a lot of money. He gave him five talents, which is about $5 million, let's say. The second servant, he gave two talents too. Let's say that's about two million dollars. That would buy a lot of bubble gum. So the third servant, he gave one talent, and that was about, let's say, one million dollars. So the master goes away and has fun on his vacation, 
and he went to Disneyland, he went to all sorts of fun places, but then he had to come back home. And he said to his three servants, what did you do with my money while I was gone? And did you take care of all my animals? And the three servants came in front of him and the first servant says, master, I took your five talents and I turned them into 10 talents. He doubled what the master had given you. Then the second servant said, oh, master, I took your two talents and I turned them into four. And the master said, oh, you servants, you're such good little guys. Thank you for taking care of my property. You did such a good job. I'll give you some more to take care of. But the third servant, he went and hid the money. He didn't do anything. He just played games all day. And he didn't do any work at all. So the master was kind of upset with him. And he said, I'm going to take your talent away and give it to the servants who know what to do with it. Well, you know what? God made you. And he gave you special abilities and special things. Mama, what, what are some good things he's good at? What does he do that's really good? Does he listen to you? Okay. Well, you listen to your mommy. Very good. So God gave you the ability and talent to listen to mommy and to play and have a good time and be a good friend to people. And so God wants us to use all of our special abilities and talents to help other people. And if we don't use them, he might take them away and give them to somebody else. So you be sure and always listen to mama and do really good, okay? And God will say, very good, you good and faithful servant. Well, thank you for coming up today. You have a good week. Would you please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel as we sing the verse? Gospel according to St. Mark, the third chapter. Again, Jesus entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at the hardness of heart, and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Our worship continues by singing the hymn of the day.
Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, sin sickens us. It infects our very lives every day. But you are the one who heals. You alone have forgiveness, life, and salvation. Be with us daily for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please be seated. So, Perhaps you have heard about this incident that was reported on a company accident form. The guy wrote, when I got to the building, I found that the hurricane had knocked some of the bricks off the top. So I rigged up a beam with a pulley at the top of the building and hoisted up a couple barrels full of bricks. When I had fixed the damaged area, there were a lot of bricks left over. So I went to the bottom and began releasing the line. Unfortunately, the barrel of bricks was heavier than I was, and before I knew it, the barrel started coming down, jerking me up. I decided to hang on since I was too far off the ground to jump. When I hit the beam at the top, the barrel of bricks hit the ground, spilling the bricks. I was now heavier than the barrel. I started down at high speed. Then I hit the ground. I landed on the bricks. I then let go of my grip on the line, and the barrel came down, hitting me on the head. I respectfully request sick leave. <laughs> I think we can all relate to that, right? Life hits us hard. We land on bricks, and then something smacks us in the head. Sometimes life, in life, we are so hurt that we have difficulty with love and trust and sympathy. Sometimes we are just not able to deal with all that comes in our lives, and so we cut off everything and everyone from our emotional life. At other times, we are depressed and full of anxiety that overwhelms us. Sadness and fear become our daily constant companions. Some of us are so hurt that we just cannot let go of the anger and rage that we feel toward those people who almost destroyed us. Some of us are so wounded that we just absolutely see no future ahead of us. Everything is a dead end. Our summer sermon series is on Jeremiah. Today's topic, God's gift of healing. Healing for those times in our life when we've fallen on bricks and barrels have smacked us in the head and broken our hearts. Jeremiah knew the feeling. Jeremiah said, I am broken by the brokenness of my dear people. I mourn. Horror has taken a hold of me. Jeremiah was brokenhearted over the sins of his people, that they would not return to God. Kadarthi, which is the Hebrew word for I mourn, literally means I am dark, I am black, the color of mourning. I am horrified, says Jeremiah. And again, horrified literally means that you're wrenching seizure. It's like um, having convulsed in, of agony, shuddered over the sins that he sees 
happening, the idolatry, the paganism that was going on. No wonder Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. And this is a picture of Jeremiah from the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, uh, painted by Michelangelo there. But Judah is sick. Like I said, whatever happens to Judah happens to Jeremiah. Jeremiah was sick. He said he was an emotional mess, and so is Judah. How so? Judah was dense, says God. God says, even the stork in the heaven knows her times. The turtle dove, swallow, and crane keep their time of coming. But my people know not the rules of the Lord. God says his people are, have less understanding than birds do. Birds instinctively know how to find their way. Airplanes navigate electronically. The pilot turns on the box that captures a couple of satellite signals and guides the plane precisely to its destination. But birds can find their way without any mechanical devices at all. In the test of their ability, some scientists got, captured some Manx shearwaters that nest off the coast of Wales and set them, released them at various distances beyond their normal range. One of these shearwaters was released in Boston, 3,200 miles away. In just 12 days, that shearwater was back at its nest in Wales traveling 250 miles a day. Birds know how to find their way home, but people do not know how to find their way home. Home to their heavenly Father, home to his blessings and mercy, home to his gospel gifts of life and salvation. Judah is lost. They don't know where to turn. God says of them, how can you say we are wise and the teaching of the Lord is with us? But behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it, has turned it, made it into a lie. Jeremiah focuses on the scribes first and says that even though these guys are the nation's scriptural experts, they may know the scripture, but they don't live the scripture. They may possess the scripture, but they don't practice the scripture. Just like we may have the Bible, we may profess the Bible, but that's not the same as practicing what the Bible says. Then Jeremiah turns to the priests and says, the priests say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. He calls the spiritual leaders deceitful physicians, empty wind, dispensers of chaff, ruthless and selfish shepherds, those who spread disease. These people were not shepherding God's people with the truth of God's word. They were proclaiming peace when there was no peace. And we, too, can get lost. We often look for peace in places where it cannot be found. We try to heal our sicknesses with drugs or alcohol, with work or study, with um, 
um, shopping or surfing the internet, various ways to anesthetize ourselves, but only find ourselves deeper in the trap of self-sabotage, self-destruction. Judah is in denial, says Jeremiah. He says, it's going to be that the fields will be ruined, the cities destroyed, people will either be killed or taken captive. It's like drinking poison, experiencing an earthquake, being attacked by venomous stakes, being crushed and broken. Denial is a defense mechanism in which the person, when confronted with painful facts, denies the reality of those facts. They say that those facts are not true, even in the face of overwhelming and irrefutable evidence. Sick? Me? I'm not sick. I don't need God's help. Jeremiah chapter 8 shows us that Jeremiah is wounded. It tells us that Judah is wounded. But do you know who else is wounded in Jeremiah chapter 8? Any guesses? Did you catch it? God is wounded. God says, my joy is gone. Grief is upon me. My heart is sick within me. Sick over the sins of his people. The idolatry of his people. Now, we may think that God being wounded is bad, and it is if it's, he is wounded over the sins of his people. But we also need to think of Isaiah 53, 5, which says, by his wounds, we are healed. You see, the God that we worship is not an aloof God. God is not detached. God has great passion and emotion. God wears his heart on his sleeve. God experiences sorrow and suffering, lament, weeping and wailing, grief, anguish, heartache, and regret. God doesn't view us with, uh, and view our sickness and pain like with detached objectivity like some therapist. God doesn't relate to our sadness like a mechanic to an automobile trying to fix it from outside. And God is not like an social, uh, a welfare administrator who in a distant office signs vouchers for food stamps. Our God enters deeply into our lives and he feels our pain. That's why he asks, is there a balm in Gilead? The answer, yes, yes, a million times, yes, there is a balm in Gilead. Who or what is that balm? Do you know what the balm of Gilead actually is? It is an actual substance. The balm of Gilead is found on a tree that grows in the region of Gilead, the Holy Land, there in Israel. And 
They take the sap or the resin from this tree and mix it with olive oil usually and create a balm that is said to have healing, medicinal properties. Now, this balm is precious. It is expensive because it is rare. Those who set out to make it can only expect maybe 20 or 30 drops from the tree in a day's time. It is rare, it is expensive. St. Peter says, you have been rescued from the former way of life inherited from your fathers, not with gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ. The balm is soothing. When you place it on a wound, it removes the inflammation, heals, helps it go away, the pain and the hurt. St. Paul says in Colossians that we have peace through the cross of Christ, peace through the blood of Christ. The balm of Gilead is cleansing. It cleanses by removing the foreign matter from the wound. St. John says, the blood of Christ cleanses us from our sins. The balm of Gilead is available. It was nearby to where the people of that Jeremiah was speaking to lived. It was right there in their own backyard. They didn't have to travel a hundred yards or a hundred miles to get it. It was available to them. And so is Jesus and his salvation. We don't have to go to Gilead. We don't have to go to London or New York. He is with us, truly present here in this place through his word, through his sacraments. Jesus is available to us wherever we are. The balm of Gilead is easily applied. Imagine you have a sore on your arm and the doctor says to you, go get some balm and apply it to your sore. A child could do that. And truly, Jesus is just as easy to come to and receive his gifts of mercy and grace, of forgiveness and healing. Jesus is the balm of Gilead that God has given us to heal our sin-sick lives. So why stay in pain? Why rehearse the hurts? Why stay stuck and fallen on the bricks of our lives? There is a better way. There is a cure. The balm of Gilead. Trust his words. By his wounds, we are healed. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We stand and make confession of the faith that we share with one another by speaking together the words of the Apostles' Creed.
Together we confess, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under a Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we do gather our tithes and offerings in worship of our Lord. If you haven't done so, would you please fill out the attendance card as well and bring them forward and put them in our offering plates. We worship our Lord through our tithes and offerings. pray. Dear Lord Jesus, when we look at places like Haiti, Calcutta, and the favelas of Brazil, we're so thankful that you came to preach good news to the poor, not just good news concerning spiritual poverty, but also the good news of a kingdom which provides food for the hungry, clean water for the thirsty, shelter for the homeless, advocacy for the marginalized, family for the orphan. 
Lord, in your mercy. Dear Lord Jesus, when we look at systemic evil in the world, human trafficking, the idolatry of greed, the idolatry of terror, the pornography industry, just to name a few, we are so thankful that you've also come to proclaim the day of vengeance of our God. No one is a greater champion of justice than you. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Lord Jesus, we're also thankful, deeply grateful, that you're close to the brokenhearted and that you save those who are crushed in spirit. To your throne of grace, we bring our own pain and hurt. Some of it is very deep, deep beyond words. Yet we are bold to confess that by the wounds of Jesus, we are healed now and will be perfectly healed when he returns. Lord, in your mercy... Dear Lord Jesus, no one was broken in heart and body like you. No one was crushed in spirit like you. And you did it all for us. Oh, for the day when we will forever be done with a spirit of despair and will only wear the garment of praise. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Father, you have given good gifts to your children. Grant your Holy Spirit to those who, for whom we pray, who suffer in body, mind, soul, and spirit, especially Mary Ann Fuller, Patrice Maurer, Catherine Tucker. We also pray for Jean and Pat Miracle, those who are ill with our COVID virus that's going around. We also pray for the family and friends of Bob Bakken who passed away, and also pray for the Roxanne Hesterman family at the sudden passing of her brother, Michael Trail. Be with these people, Lord, as they look to you for comfort and peace. Grant them healing according to your will and patience to bear their crosses. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing and look to you as the giver of all good gifts. Make us ever eager to come to you in prayer and thanksgiving. As your Son has taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Behold the cry of my people from the length and breadth of the land. The Lord is in Zion. Her king is within her. Because of the wounds of my people, my heart is wounded. There is a balm in Gilead. In the name of Jesus our Lord. 